Hello guys and welcome to another episode of the MSC Performance Podcast. It's good to be back uh, after a, a decent little uh, little break. We're back for season three, episode one. Uh, we thought we'd have a little break from doing the podcast yeah. to give you guys a bit of a breather, uh, slash we forgot for a couple of weeks. I was going to say, we just um, start a new season whenever we've, we haven't done one exactly, for a couple of yeah. weeks. The new season. The new it's season. Not, uh, new season. Um, but it's uh, yeah, it's good to be back. Feels quite exciting to get uh, get online again and uh, start giving you guys some content. Um, today we're going to have a little bit of a catch up uh, about a few things as to what's been going on in the world of MSC and with our own individual trading, and we will lead that into some topics around um, you know how to how to train under under pressure, whether that's injuries, whether that's busy periods at work, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, how we can sort of what we call minimum minimum dose where we can get away with, you know, not training as much as usual or as heavy as usual and still maintain a, a strength stimulus and uh, enough enough volume to keep us going. So that's going to be the kind of main topic of uh, conversation. As we go through the season, we're going to be uh, going into all sorts of different, uh, different subjects. Uh, some of those will be updating you guys on the world of MSE and what's going on. Some will be obviously about, you know, what's going on with our own training. Um, but there'll be quite a lot of, you know, sort of in-depth, yeah. sort of uh, science-based stuff uh, based around training, based around nutrition, based around, you know, movement patterns, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So really buzzing to, uh, to to get going. But as always, any if you guys have any ideas or anything that you actually really want to hear or any topics you want us to discuss that we don't, please let us know because obviously we try and put the content out for you guys as well. So anything that you want discussing that we don't mention, uh, please send us a message on Instagram or, 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 or reply to here if you're watching it through the YouTube and let us know. That's always a favourite one actually when you know people yeah, people ask us questions and like you can answer them, answer them directly because that way you know obviously we know we're you know we can talk about various things and you know uh, the feedback's always really good with the podcast to be fair but you know it's um, you know, when you when you're answering direct questions about things and elaborating you you know for a fact that that's your target audience that's, is getting what they want the target audience is getting what they want yeah absolutely <laughs> absolutely so yeah um, <laughs> guess it's been a little while obviously since we've caught up with our our viewers slash listeners, um, how's, how's your training going, Luke, with Worlds on the Horizon? Do you want to give the guys an yeah. update? Yeah, it's been a while, so now we are yeah two weeks and one day out on the day that we're recording um, out from Worlds, so it's getting super, super close. I'm getting a little bit nervous, which I think is a good thing. It obviously means a lot to myself. It's one of my uh, powerlifting goals was to get to, to World Championships, and I'm really, uh, really excited for it. Um, it's been good. There's obviously been little drawbacks, which is things that we're going to talk about in the podcast today, like little step backs and just that training, you have this training plan in place, but things aren't always going to be perfect. And it's about being flexible with the training program um, and, and responding to that. But uh, yeah, we're in a, a good position compared to, to a few weeks back. Uh, body's feeling good. My weight is, uh, is ready for um, a cut. Now I like to be, I compete at the 74 kilo class. I'm currently 76.9, uh, which normally around like six days out, I like to be just under 77. So I'm there a week, a week early. Sonia's just brought in some macarons though. So, uh, who knows what we'll weigh by the end of the week, but no, if we, um, I've been super strict these last few weeks with my diet and just tightening things up. Cause I'm normally, you always joke that like I, I, I weigh everything and I'm, I'm really on it, but, um, just ever so slightly a little bit looser and I think it's just because Worlds wasn't 100% confirmed so without that kind of 100% set point and it was a little bit up in the air I wasn't fully committed to, to the nutrition uh, still obviously hitting the, 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 the big things the protein overall calories we're just allowing a bit more of like a treat here and there and all of a sudden you're just slightly heavier than you would like to be when you're near a competition so just really rein that in uh, so feeling good in, in, uh, in regards to that 
and then I guess um, yeah, talking about like the training program. So a little bit of a setback last week, but I think uh, probably the first time I've ever managed something really well when I'm that close to a competition where I just strained my back ever so slightly, like a, a very mild strain. Um, and yeah, just had to react to that and uh, adjust the training program a little bit. But I think uh, did it very smartly, um, made some good decisions and now feeling back 100% and ready to push on for the last couple of weeks of heavy training. So I've pretty much got one week left of heavy training and then start to start to taper back, which is uh, exciting. Very exciting indeed. Yeah, I think, um, you know, where one of the big things we want to talk about today is uh, hmm. is, is being adaptable with uh, with your programming. And, you know, obviously we're, we're, we're massive on, you know, programming periodization um, for, for, for all athletes. But, you know, it's important that you've got your programmers, your kind of skeleton and you've got, you know, you've got, you've got that uh, structure to work from. Um, but we have to be flexible as well. You know, how, how were you flexible with the, the back injury, um, you know, in terms of your training? Sure. What did you, what did you change up? So first of all, I knew that it was a very, very minor injury, like a, a grade one strain to probably the erector, if I had to have a guess at what it was. Uh, so it was a very, very mild thing, but it was something that if you carried on pushing with the, the, the same training program without changing any, uh, without modifying the program at all, it could have became something that was just lingering for a week or so. And all of a sudden, you're, you're two weeks out, your lower back's a little bit sore, and it's putting you off your, your top set. So that was the, I really wanted to nip it as fastly as I can. So it was actually um, just condensing my training together ever so slightly for the, the British Championships a couple of weeks ago. I normally train uh, like Friday afternoon and then Saturday afternoon. But I brought it forward to like Saturday 9 a.m. because I had to go up to, up to Manchester for the competition. And just that extra few hours and getting up a little bit earlier than normal, I deadlifted and it just did not feel good. Um, and then, yeah, went off to, to handle all day, which <laughs> wasn't nice with the drive either. But I just knew that the back wasn't 100%. Um, the day after was a little bit sore and I knew like I could be back to decent training by the end of the week. But I just had to make a couple of different, uh, different um, adapt adaptations to the training program. So... Monday's normally like a, a secondary squat day where I would do, uh, at the minute, low bar because obviously specificity is ramping up, getting so close to competition. Um, it's more moderate in terms of reps and, and slightly less in terms of intensity. So I think the program was three sets of five around that like 185, 190 mark. Um, and just the prospect of, of low bar, and I knew it was not going to go 100%. Um, so I had this original plan in mind, and it was to, to substitute out the low bar squat for um, the belt squat. I spoke to you about it as well, just to kind of run it past yourself and still try and get some good load through the legs, maintain a little bit of the stimulus so we're not detraining a couple of weeks out. So I did everything I could to maintain um, the lower body and the, the squat strength. And then in terms of trying to get some load through the lower back, but something that wouldn't cause aggravation, uh, went for Salison holds um, to complement that. So attacked the the, uh, the legs with the bell squat, which we know is a lot less loading through, through the back. And that felt very, very manageable, got some good weight for it. Um, added some isometric work, which tends to be good if you've got some kind of low-level muscular uh, discomfort. Uh, so again, a little bit of load through the lower back. And uh, yeah, felt great when I finished the session. Felt a lot better finishing Monday's session than I did starting it. Uh, and that set me up with confidence then for, for the remainder of the week. So I came into Wednesday, it was my, my heavier deadlift session. And this is one of the main things we're going to talk about is uh, I had a pre-plan of like a, a heavy single. Again, specificity is key. This is my main deadlift a few weeks out from, from testing your one rep max. So when you, whatever you're working towards testing-wise, if it's one rep max strength or, I don't know, some kind of sprint test or whatever it is, it needs to start to get a bit more specific as you're getting closer towards that competition. So the most specific thing I can do is a single um, a heavy weight. Uh, which I did do and it went, went okay. Obviously a little bit conservative off the floor, but okay. Uh, and then instead of doing three 
back off sets or working sets. I did just the uh, just the one set, and again I made up the extra load with the Saracen holds and just tried to add a bit more weight from what I did on a, on a Monday. So what I did is I uh, I reduced the, the amount of working sets down to a lot more of a manageable amount of workload. And I did what I deemed to be the minimum dosage I could do while still trying to progress towards my overarching goal of, of doing as best as I can at Worlds. So uh, that's one thing we're going to talk about now, I think, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think you see it a lot with people from you know elite level right down to like sort of complete beginners. Really, is when they get um, that you know that injury, that niggle, or if they're in you know for example a busy period at home or at work or something like that is to go from you know training regularly and having a good plan, good routine, to absolutely nothing. Like we see it quite quite a lot, don't we? Um, and that's like I think what you've come, you know what what you've explained there is a really good example that you know everyone can follow. Really, not like you know obviously in your case we're talking about you know we're talking about powerlifting at an elite level, but you know that that could be applied for 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 anyone yeah. for example like you know can we um you know with, with pretty much any injury obviously there might be some exceptions 100%. with pretty much any injury you can you know you can adapt the exercise to become comfortable to still you know create a stimulus and 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 you know at least maintain maintain some strength and even you know even potentially it can almost be a blessing in disguise where you can work on some other wow, other areas it's, it's really because at, at that point, obviously, you know, you, you're pushing training hard, so you, you're kind of getting to that overreaching point where like injuries are going to be more, uh, more, more susceptible to happen. Um, actually, after the Monday session doing the bell squat, which obviously overall stress was less than normal, I actually felt great by the yeah. end of the week, and my yeah. body felt really good. So I do think it might be a, a little bit of a blessing in disguise, that little bit of a pullback. It's almost like a forced um, little kind forced of mini mini like, deload for a couple yeah. of days. Um, but yeah, there's absolutely like. When it's just these, like, when, when you're training hard, there's going to be little, like, muscular aches and pains that are going to pop up. And the point you're making is that th there's so many different modifications. And it's good to have your plan, but there has to be that degree of flexibility in there. And obviously, in an ideal world, you're going to keep pushing on with volume and intensity, and your body's going to feel great. But it's about just being reactive when there is actually little things that pop up. So if you hurt your shoulder and you're trying to push your squats for, I don't know, sets of eight and it's uncomfortable, maybe swapping it for a safety bar or you know, even just making little adjustments to your grip, which might affect your strength. Just getting as much as you can out of the training without causing further um, discomfort. Yeah. A great example is you when you tore your bicep and then the day after or two days yeah. later, you probably would have done a squat or something with a bar on your back and you're doing heavy sledge drags. And yeah. that was a, a detached bicep, which is one of the more extreme injuries. It doesn't happen in the gym very often. So yeah. that's an extreme example. But you were still in the in the gym doing like your lower body training. I think you're doing leg press, yeah. hamstring course. I'm still doing a really good lower body session with one arm. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I was, yeah, I was gonna sort of lead into that really because yeah, I think you know, a couple of examples, yeah, of my own like that, um, where you know you can you can work around it. I've probably got one, probably got one example like right back when I was sort of getting into into S and C, and I was a young rugby player where I prolapsed, you know, my L four, L five, my back, right through to more recent injuries. So like, yeah, the the, the torn bicep was you know maybe three years ago, like complete snap in the tendon. Yeah. So needed operating on, um, but I got the uh, I had the operation a week after I did the injury. But even in that week, you know, during it, like like you say, I was you know I was leg pressing. I was um, even doing some safety bar work, holding yeah. on one like one hand, 
I just go to box so that you know it was a little bit more stable yeah. um, hamstring curl work things like that and even some like on the other arm just doing doing some stuff and then like you know obviously the, the rehab process was you know I can't remember how long it was but you know to be to be fully back to normal maybe eight eight to twelve weeks but during that time so I had the operation and obviously it's pretty mobile for a bit just carried on with that sort of lower body training doing what doing what I could um and then um sort of you know gradually building in building in the upper body which obviously you know was a little bit lighter to to begin with lighter than I would have liked but doing what I could single arm on the other side doing like as much you know just saying right well this is a real good opportunity to overload you know the, the the lower the lower body more than I normally would yeah because um, it was around like when I did it was the sort of towards the end of one season so it was kind of eating into my my pre-season uh, off-season slash pre-season but I was just like well this is a great opportunity to build up you know some yeah. serious like volume in the legs ready and prepped for pre-season slash like getting getting into the new season um and like i probably came back from that in the best shape i've been in i think like and had a really good season um and then the other more recent injury was um the knee op i had which was two seasons ago two summers ago it was just a real minor knee op to be fair like i just had um yeah like um yeah at the, t- at the time we we thought it was quite a bad one um because it was sort of like it just kind of gave way a bit in one of the games and the physio thought it was PCL initially. Uh, they're just gone, um, but it turned out it was actually just some meniscus damage, like just wear and tear type stuff, and something had triggered it where it felt like a more serious injury at the time. Um, but the doctor recommended like getting in there and cleaning it up and, and sorting it out. And um, I got in for a for an op pretty quickly after that. And this was again a pre this was in pre season, um, and I think it was the day after the operation. At most it was two days after. I, I think it was even a day after I was doing some trap bar deadlift. Um, because like I mean, you know, it might sound ridiculous to like people listening, but you know, it was knee injury, so okay, like there was some stiffness and soreness the more that I would flex the knee, but with a high handled trap bar, you know, if I'm a you know, I put my you know, I position my hips slightly higher vertical, than I would more vertical, more, ver- more vertical shin angle, so therefore less flexion in the knee. And then that's something I could actually really load up. Yeah. Um and like rehab the knee and like I think I played about three weeks after that or, or four weeks after. Um and again like felt pretty good. Like, you know, it was a case of right, I can't what you know, I can't do this, but what can I do? And yeah, there's a whole whole list of things that, that that you can if you if you sort of think about it. You know, absolutely no reason why like a day, two days after that op, I can't be doing very heavy RDLs. You know, which which I did. Um, okay, like you know, deeper and better squats took some time to build up, but in the meantime, build up the posterior chain as much as you possibly can. Build the bulletproof hamstrings. Like go go mad on upper body stuff. Yeah. Almost the opposite to when I had the bicep injury. So with some changes in the exercises, um, you know, I could hit as much volume as I liked. It was fine. And the intensity or volume, I could go as high as I like because it was off season anyway. Just had to adapt. And these are like, these are like real extreme. That's a real, two examples of really extreme injuries, which most people won't ever have to deal with because obviously you're training a high level impact sport. Uh, But if you look at like just the little aches and pains that people get, these adjustments need to be even smaller. 
It doesn't need to be like, oh, I can't do lower body. I'm only going to do upper body. You could just make very small adjustments to like, let's say you come in and your, I don't know, your knees a little bit sore and it tends to get a little bit sore if you push training a bit too hard. The, the, the changes you need to make then are so minor compared mm -hmm. to that. So what would you change if you were, uh, for, what would the advice be for someone that's like maybe suffering with like little aches and pains? What, what modifications to your training? Maybe in terms of like volume, intensity, yeah, well, the, th the first thing I'd do is probably like if you're concerned, is go and see like a, a you know a reputable sports therapist slash like good level strength conditioning coach. Got that? They're yeah. not stones, aren't they? Got them stones as well. Yeah, could do a bit of stone treatment. Um, <laughs> stuff on your knee after an op, and you're good to go. Um, so uh, yeah, like it's um, you know get get some advice as to what what you can do. Um, I don't know if it's going off topic a little bit, but like right back in my early 20s, like when I was like 21, I think, I prolapsed my L4, L5 on my back. And it was like the worst injury I've had. It was like just horrible pain, like constantly. But, you know, it, it, it as time went on, like that was an injury that like took a lot longer than it should have done. If I had the knowledge I had a couple of years later, I would have maintained and or even built a lot of strength around that. Like there were times where it was, you know, pretty pretty painful to do much at all. But like, you know, if I'd known a bit more, I could have I could have mm -hmm. trained around that a lot more than I yeah. did. Whereas I just stopped playing for like, you know, three four years. Like didn't you know didn't really train much in the gym for about a year, I think. Um, so like, yeah, having the experience of what I had with the more recent injury, a couple of injuries, obviously. Like it would, you know, be great to have yeah. that, that knowledge back then. Yeah. So, like, that would be one thing where I'd say, like, back then, you know, I wish I'd gone to someone who would have said, yeah, who would have said, look, you know, this is likely what's happened. We don't know for sure. We're still waiting for the results and things. But in the meantime, can you do this? Can you do that? Yeah. You know, and then we'll work with what we've uh, what, yeah. what we've got. Um, yeah, sorry, trying to think back to the question. So right, but I'll take it. Um, go for it. Yeah, one of the things I wanted to talk about was there a couple of studies coming out on like the, the minimum dosage of training. So like when you are injured, and it also helps when you're well, it's also something to consider if you've got periods of training where or periods of time in your life where, where things are a little bit busier or like work stressful, um, and just like the adjustments you can make to your volume to try and like maintain a stimulus or even to progress, uh, but maybe not quite to to the full effect. So you're not trying to find the most optimal amount of training, but you're trying to find more manageable allowed and the minimum dosage you can do to to still make progress or a meaningful amount of progress um, compared to the hard set. So there was a study, um, I can't remember the author, um, but it was looking, it asked like, it was based on powerlifters, so it was looking at powerlifters and like, it asks the coaches and the lifters before um, how much progress would they accept as like a good amount of progress. Um, and then they found the minimum dosage that it was to try and get that amount of progress. So rather than like a negligible amount, like still a worthy amount of progress. And they found that doing like a heavy single, I think it was at a nine RPE, and then just two sets of three of 80% of that single was enough to still make good progress. And that is a hell of a lot less training wow. than the majority of people do. It's two sets and one heavy single. That's the seven reps. So like you, the example I gave when I'd hurt my back, I did one sing one triple that was higher than the 80%, mm. and I did um, a heavy single that was around like, <clears throat> excuse me, slightly less than a, a nine RPE. Um, but yeah, reducing that training down. So if, if you're going through a period of time where like you're injured and you can't handle that much volume, or if you're just super busy at work or mm. you haven't got much time to commit to the gym, you could still make like good progress with such a low amount of training. Because to do two sets of three and, and a single would take you realistically 
20 minutes if yeah. that like to warm up and that's like your main lift um and then yeah you could do the rest of your exercises super solid or something to, to save time but if you're um, if you've got a little niggle then you need to to save on the training time you can't handle that much volume if you strip it back to like the minimum dosage that you can do which is probably two sets around like that 80 percent for fairly low volumes triples at eight percent low like yes. most people can yeah. get at least six to eight reps maybe more um, yeah. so it's a very low RP set, but it's enough still to make good progress. And if you're finding that your, your knee or your back or your shoulder, whatever it is, is getting uncomfortable, we're pushing the heavier training loads. If you just ease things back for a couple the of weeks, niggles, the, the, the little the niggles little that we niggles. deal with, these yeah. aren't like herniated discs. These are little niggles that happen from yeah. training hard. If we know that like, there's a big correlation between training volume and these little niggles. So if you're going through times where you're pushing training hard, you find your body's just a little bit beat up, you can ease it back to this level of work where it's around two working sets, maybe a heavy single to get that little exposure to the heavy weights and the stimulus. And that's still enough to make progress. Yeah. It's not even the minimum to maintain. With that, you'd probably still make progress on average according to the study. So if you did like once, like one set as a minimum, that would yeah. probably be enough to maintain. Um, Amazing study, like yeah. that, you know, on good level thing. lifters as well. That's not like yeah, sure. jobs, so. yeah, yeah, that, that's that's incredible. Um, because I think like the the thing we bang on a lot about is um, consistency and sustainability. Yeah. Like two key words for whatever your training goals are. You know, are you training? You know, are you training regularly? And is it an amount that is sustainable? Yeah. Um, they're the they're the key things, and I think it's really good for people to know that. You know, like I say. You, for example, you set yourself very high standard. You know, since I've known you, I don't think I've ever known you to miss a training session. So that, like, that's the that's consistency, and you make it sustainable um, because you enjoy it, because you manage the training loads correctly. And there's various factor, yeah. factors, um, but also one of those factors is when you've had the the niggles that and happened, you know the yeah. you know, that happen. Let's be honest, like they happen for. You know, for for pretty much everybody, and especially if you're pushing. You know, sure. we're talking about lifting heavyweights here. You know, in in a you know in a repetitive way to many extents. Yeah, yeah. It's a, you know, it's a hard it's a hard sport. Um, so you know, they they're going to happen. But what you've managed to do is maintain like sustainability by thinking around these and adapting. You know. Because I mean, you've got a really good injury record, um, yeah, but yeah. you've had you've had niggles, of course, you have. Yeah. So you know, you've not stopped and said, "Right, I'm going to have a, you know a week off, or two oh, weeks yeah. off, or a month off, or whatever it is." You've done your belt squat instead of your back squat. Yeah. You maintain the stimulus. You know, you've done what you can to you know to 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 fix the injury around that. But you've not just like throwing the baby out of the bathwater and said, "Like, I can't do it. I can't squat. Yeah. I'm no, I'm fucked. You know, I can't do my heavy back squat." You've used the used the tools that you, you can, and there's always a way to to work so, around them. So I think that's really really interesting. And it's, like, you know. it's also really good to know this information for like like I said periods of time where like you know things are busy, but also like your deloads and your intro weeks where you're having, which is another thing you talked about with load management. You've got your periods of training where you're pushing hard, then you have to have a deload week. So with your deload, you don't want to detrain, but you're dropping normally mm -hmm. the volume down, the intensity to some extent is probably down, maybe like. 10%. Mm -hmm. But we know then that if you drop your sets down to two sets from, from three or four sets, that you're still doing enough to kind of at least maintain, potentially still make some decent progress. And then when you come back to your hardest weeks, you're going to be a little bit more recovered and you're not going to be detrained. So it's having these periods of time, both like your deload weeks, your intro weeks, and then also like post competition where 
you know, your body's a little bit sore. Same for you when you're coming back into like your, you know, your off season or even your pre-season and then you're dropping the volume down a touch, facilitating recovery, but you're still doing enough to make progress in, in certain aspects of your training. So probably getting a little bit stronger, but you're facilitating the recovery, which is the most important. hundred percent. Yeah. Like when we get into season, it's game every Saturday, it's, you know, a couple of training, you know, conditioning sessions a week down the club and whatever. And it's like, it's pretty, pretty relentless. Um, and there's times where like with, with the adaptability, you know, I'm, I'm talking about a team sport here, but like this can, this can carry over to anything really. Um, whether you're having a hard week at work or you've had a rough day or whatever it might be. Yeah. So like, let's say I'm having a rough day every Saturday when I'm getting 10 bells of shit kicked out of me and I'm, I'm battered. You know, if it's, a, if it's a really, really tough 80 minutes, for example, then, you know, and I've made, you know, more, um, you know, tackles or, you know, more yeah. impacts than normal, realistically, that Monday, Tuesday session might not be absolutely yeah, optimal adapt, yeah. so i might have to drop a set but what can i do what can you know if, if i've got um you know if i've got back squat on my program that could be a change to belt squat or so, if i've got heavy rdl you know can i go single leg and reduce the load yeah. a little bit um just and to on, reduce the shearing forces and then on on the opposite end of that when you play two minutes on a saturday and you feel the opposite fantastic. end of that <laughs> Oh, the, yeah, yeah, I know you you waiting for that one. Uh, I got bit, I got binned last uh, last Saturday. I got dropped um, for first time in a long time. But uh, so my ego, I didn't think I had much of an ego, and then I got Turns dropped, out. and I was like, "Fuck, I've got a real big ego." Especially as a few people from here were coming to watch, I was stunned. Mate. I'm, so I'm, Monday, I'm this, back in this Saturday. I'm back in. And on this Monday, it's only one so game. Keep him in my toes. Keep him in my toes. So this Monday after the game, you did like 17 sets of back squat. You did basically, like, yeah. 10 sets of 10 RDL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a bit of um, Yeah, so, uh, yeah, as I say, ego was stung a bit. But, but yeah, what it did mean... If, if your programme was set to be like, I'm going to do two sets of six yeah. on bell squat because I'm normally battered, and you didn't have any adaptability to that, you might have missed a good opportunity to get a hard And that's what it was, a good opportunity. Yeah. So, you know, as I say, like, didn't get many uh, many minutes on Saturday. Free Sunday, Sunday, <laughs> Sunday came in, still work on assist, and, uh, yeah, a couple of tackles, don't worry about it. Um... Made a uh, came in on Sunday, coming in Sunday morning, and yeah. did quite a hard aerobic session, yeah. which was nice. Um, normally, I go like in season, I go up as Monday, low as Tuesday, full body Thursday. Um, came in like hit up as pretty like pretty hard. Um, I've got a bit of a niggle in the elbow actually, so working around that, but like pushed it pretty hard. Um, Tuesday went really hard, like whereas you know next week that might. We've got a very, very tough game on Saturday and I may not be in that position next Tuesday. So yeah. cash your chips, get in, yeah. get, get you know, extra extra set, bit of extra intensity where you can push it a little bit and I'll say next week might not be, you know, might be that case. So sure. it's using that um, you know, opportunity if you like. Obviously, you know, pissed off not to, you know, play a full game, but use it as an opportunity, get in the gym, extra volume, extra work because I'm I'm rested and recovered. Yeah. And then, you know, next week you might back off a little bit and adapt. So it works, works both ways, really. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's, uh, yeah, as I say, I think that's the, that, that's the case for, for anyone, you know, forget sport for a minute. You know, we've all had those periods, like, you know, ourselves included, where you go through that busy period of work. Life. You Life know, the stress, you know, stress is stress, whether that's coming from work, whether that's coming from home, whether that's, you know, family whatever whatever it might be you know 
it's it has an impact yeah. it has an impact on you know a lot of things um you know fatigue levels you know ability to you know to to do what we want to do sort of physically um and uh, it's just important to have that adaptability and not just give up and think yeah. oh i've had a shit week at work like i'm just not gonna bother it's like well you know the study shows and something we've obviously known even without the studies for a number of years is like you know do something you yeah, know yeah, get it maintain it do you know what if you're absolutely you know if you're not an elite lifter that's fine and you've got back squat in your program and you're absolutely battered you know don't do it don't do it don't but do it. don't do nothing yeah you know do a do a goblet squat do a belt squat do a split squat Reduce look, the load. Exactly. If you look at the programming, like programs now are very rarely stringent, like you have yeah. to hit this percentage. This I used sets. to be real bad for that when I started yeah. off in SNC, like But I think that's what everyone did. Like, you know, sorry, you're a long time ago, but you look like, back at like the Russian where they're done on like yeah, you know, everyone gets up at the same time, their full time job is weightlifting, that's yeah. what the studies are based on. But we know now that like they like said people have different levels of stress. So Mondays for some people are gonna be a lot harder than maybe a Friday session or yeah. they might be going out for a drink. Like you said, the stress is different. So we allow the flexibility there um, in the programming anyway. And then there has to be a level upon that where it's like, okay, so the minimum we want you to do on our three sets of eight today, work between this seven to eight RPE range. Um, you can maybe aim a little bit lighter than you wanted to, but then if you're really feeling better than that, three eighty is going to be too much for you today. You can change the exercise, you can reduce the sets down, you can take on the advice of what we said in that training program where you don't need to do the three sets to make some sort of progress. You could drop it down to two sets of six, yeah. Um, at, at the same way you would normally do for the three eights, it's going to be yeah. less volume, it's not going to be the most optimal, but you're not in the most optimal position anyway because you've come into the session stressed and yeah, and you know, the overall. Um, how you're yeah. feeling is, is worse than we want it to be so that's not optimal anyway so at least you're getting some good training in and then you set yourself up for the next time you come into the session uh, to feel better that's it you've maintained you've maintained the stimulus yeah. and then it's not as big a drop off as fight you your know, battles fight your battles fight your battles you know, and like you say yeah it could be dropping a set it could be dropping a touch of intensity ideally not you know we try and keep the intensity but changing an exercise like I say you know it could be a bilateral into a you know to unilateral if the CNS is feeling battered, for example, yeah. just reduce a bit of load, yeah. um, you know, and, and, and things like that. So there's, you know, different, different things we could do, uh, you know, with the barbell club, like I say, we've got, our, we've got, you know, class times during the week. A lot of people ask when they start, like, you know, what should I be doing? Should I be doing five days a week, six days a week, two days a week, four days a week, you know, and we say like, you know, that's a very individual, yeah. individual thing. Like we might have what we think is optimal, but, that's only optimal if it suits your yeah, yeah. your lifestyle really so like we'd rather you train you know twice a week over you know 50 weeks a year out of 52 and be consistent and, and sustainable with it rather than train like you know four days zero days zero days four yeah. days you know type thing so you know we ask we, we tend to ask people you know we get some feedback on you know what their lives are like a little bit outside yeah. outside of the gym you know what you know what are the even if we're not asking them directly we'll find out a little yes. bit about, about them and what they're doing and then you know we've got some guys who have got you know very flexible jobs where they can come in like during the day they can spend a couple of hours here 
Um, and then with those guys, we can give them potentially a little bit more work. Yeah. With some guys, we've got busy, you know, CEOs, we've got lawyers, doctors. In and out. In and out. I love, you know, they'll be doing four nights in a row, followed by, you know, four days yeah. off in a row. And that's where, you know, we need to need to have uh, flex, you know, flexibility. Yeah. Big time. Like, um, we have, like, what you think is most optimal for, for the average person, but there's people that, like, Either, either side of the bell curve, even if things are like for yourself, everyone always says like 10 sets is, is a good amount of, uh, of work per muscle group, but there's people either end of that bell curve that will either need more or less. And it's the same with like your amount of training days. We know that on average three to four days is best for most people, but there's going to be people that, that need more or want more. And there's going to be other people that can only do one or two, but sustainable approach, like I said, for getting good amount of training and consistently rather than doing your, your eight weeks of, six six days a week and then doing nothing yeah sustainability is going to be way better yeah. <clears throat> doing a six-week russian squat cycle and then having six weeks off or like just like a or... online transformation program and then feeling fantastic which is great but then maybe finding it a bit unsustainable and then from there don't know where to go and then you quit and then ultimately going to that program yeah. yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Say that more. laughs> um <laughs> anything else you want to cover no, I think that's pretty good. I think um, talking about leave that, it, that, leave yeah. it, you know, leave it uh, brief and informative. Yeah, it's not been that brief. But. No, I like to summarise that. I think so. Yeah, being yeah being adaptable, choosing when to uh, to fight your battles, when to push, when to ease back, uh, knowing if you have to ease back. The you know two lowish RPE sets is going to be enough to to make a, a, a good amount of progress for the average person. There are going to be exceptions to that, but for most people, getting a couple of sets in. Uh, fairly sub-maximal is going to be enough to maintain the stimulus. So that's if you've got injuries that you're trying to work around with in terms of volume or if you're stressed at work, that little reduction we're doing, that minimum dosage to really try and push on is going to be massive in terms of like trying to keep your training progressing in the right direction. Um, so yeah, and on the flip to that, if you've got a period of time where you've had a couple of weeks off work or work's a little bit easier, try and push on a little bit more. Bit like, or you've been dropped from the <laughs> Be replaced by some uh, young, the youth. Um, <laughs> Using that as an opportunity to try and add a little bit more workload and, and try and optimize the training a little bit more. And being flexible in that respect for both injuries and stresses is a massive part of your overall training program and training life. Decent. Don't do nothing, do something. Goodbye. <laughs>